gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Palm Wine Central. I'm one of your hosts, Uncle AK. And with me, I got my good fellas, Uncle Aziz. Yo, yo. Smoking Joe. I'm back at it again. Man, how you doing, man? How you guys doing? Good, man. Good, man. All good. Busy week, crazy times, but we're still pushing through. Exactly. Nothing else we can do, man. Nothing else. True that, true that typical fashion uh we talked about some interesting things last week and we left a whole bunch of nuggets and we're not going to leave them untouched so uh one of the things we touched on last week um and wanted to get into it dive into today um is manhood you know well our views on love um as young men um and some interesting uh lessons that we've learned um things that we're considering and uh just some advice i guess that we can give especially through our own experiences um, so we're just going to jump right into it. Um, I want to talk about some of the lessons that we've learned from our youth. I think in adulthood, you know, one of the true hallmarks of wisdom is when you take the time to reflect and actually look back on uh, past experiences, um, particularly where you could have made mistakes and really just uh, see what you can learn from them. I think that's when the pathway to gaining wisdom actually starts when you start to see that you could have done things differently and more, most importantly when you're faced with those circumstances again as a sort of deja vu moment that you actually take the time to do things differently so I'm going to kick it off for a change as far as lessons from my youth I think for me one of the pivotal moments was when I was 25 believe it or not so I'm trying not to date myself too much when I was 25 I realized that I spent a good chunk of my life at least a good 10 years be exact um, just in and out of dating and I started da- I guess you could call it young I started dating fairly young but in that time again once I reached 25 and kind of looked at the sum total of those that past decade and what I could have gained and what was lost it wasn't ultimately about any heartache or anything like that but uh, like we've been talking about in these previous episodes what I missed out on in terms of my own personal growth and development and I've probably mentioned this before, but just to emphasize it again, the relationships or the outcomes of those relationships were not the issue. Um, the girls in that in those particular instances were not the issue, but they were a symptom of something deeper on my side. And that was that I was giving most of my time and energy towards the betterment of others, in particular those relationships, that's where my focus was, as opposed to myself. So one of the things that I took away I know that's kind of the sum total of, of all those uh, dating years that I had but it showed me that you know as much as you might want to care for someone else again you can't really offer your best self or all to give not your whole self or at least a uh, moving away from being only a shell of yourself so for me that was probably the fundamental lesson that I learned in my youth as far as dating but um I'm going to pass it over to you guys so you can share your story. And if you have any questions about any specific uh, specificities, feel free to ask, because that is a very blanket 10-year statement uh, <laughs> summarized. So it was, it was a lot going on. I mean, for me, I think it's pretty much the same. Uh, it's like you're pouring into all these different things, but not really into what you have, right, at that given point in time mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So over time, once you, you know, kind of peep that, you're like, damn, man, um, 
Is it that you never took the time, you know what I mean, to like heal from one relationship before mm-hmm. you get into the other? You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. over time, you just figure, man, let me point to my own self, right? And then go from there and see what happens. That point that you made there is not to be taken lightly. You know, this idea of not taking the time to actually heal or learn from the past one before even jumping into the next one. Right. I know that's something, again, is part of growing and, and, and becoming wiser, knowing that you have to be actually a little bit more patient going into the next one or otherwise knowing yourself a little bit better so that you can be a little bit more intentional. But go ahead, continue. Yeah, for sure. You know, um, one thing too was just not seeking that validation, right, from somebody else or hoping that, you know, somebody, yeah. you know, tell you good job stuff like that like nah just rocking your wave minding your process Mm -hmm. you know and in between Mm -hmm. if you can help the other person so you know so be it but you know just sitting there banging your head saying man like this is not this this is not that bro like entertaining so much noise right and entertaining the aspect of not this is supposed to be so when there's really no dry way you know to go about you know these things right was too Mm -hmm. another thing that was detrimental to you know all that. And one major thing too was just um being humble and um being accountable. You know what I mean? Like accountable mm-hmm. in terms of if you wrong somebody, right, just apologize for it, you know, stuff like that. So mm-hmm. yeah, all the yeah, all the and that falls under that healing process too as well. So mm-hmm. oh, good stuff guys. I think for me, man, in my youth it was real clear to me that I was a little different from a lot of people around me. And um, one thing about being in your youth is that everybody tells you that you have to do things and act a certain way because that's what you're supposed to do. And the hardest part about being different is that you don't know where to claim your freedom and where to just follow suit because it, it all comes with consequences, right? I can remember literally being in elementary school. I would take these tag tests and do extremely well, but I would be that same kid that was in the principal's office every week. So I would always have teachers so so confused and befuddled by by me, my behavior, but so impressed by my intellect. And I remember that it took until I was in the sixth grade and I had a principal that pretty much had to sit my parents down and tell them, yo, the reason your kid is like that is because he's way different from everybody else. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. And the irony in all of that is it was a white guy in an all black school. So he understood and I, and I had black principals and black teachers up until that point, that never really understood me. They wanted me to write a certain way. They wanted me to act a certain way. And they couldn't really understand why I was exceeding expectations, even though I wasn't doing it their way. So the moral of the story is be you and embrace you all the way, right? And um, mm-hmm. just doing that has gotten me a lot farther in life than I think a lot of people, just because I don't really give two fucks about what anybody thinks. So I know last week, this, this crossed my mind, so we're kind of doing this on the fly. I know last week we had a fun little icebreaker considering we haven't had one this week let's do this i want you guys to share one relationship from your youth uh candid as possible as our icebreaker for today that one relationship you know that one girl that kind of just rocked the boat and and threw you off and you know that changed your course forever what was that one relationship Mm, that's our icebreaker Hmm. when you say through your course like what do you mean by that? In a good way, bad way? I wouldn't say in a bad way, because typically, you know, for the longest time, a lot of ladies think that, oh, you know, guys are just 
uh, you know, chivalry's dead and we have no emotions, we're stoic, but there was a point in time where we were, you know, just as naive as anybody else because we were just kids. So what was that one relationship that took you from being naive to being a little bit more cold? <laughs> Without too much details, obviously. I think about it, shit is funny, bro. Expose everybody. Yeah. <laughs> He's trying to figure out which story he want to tell. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But anyways, nah, this one time, man, back home, um, so it just showed him I was feeling so bad. We even started dating. Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. But showed was way advantage of me, son. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, she was way out of range of me, bro. I'm going to give her that one. And one day, you know, coming back, man, got in the neighbor's spot. My boy, the neighbor, was caning that joint, man. Oh, I was no. like, man, this is some cold-ass shit, man. I was, oh, like, I, thought, I was like, man, I thought we were in a relationship, but okay, cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hey, man, it does. Not the only time you just take your L and keep it moving. So I took my L. Keep it moving, fam. Mm-hmm. That's always funny, though. I mean, I don't now when I think about it, it's like the most funniest thing to me, dog. But back then, that shit was not funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Um, for me, wow, it's interesting. I almost want to run with that theme because a lot of times, you know, we're always talking about, so we're always portrayed as the ones doing the cheating, but sometimes it happens to us too. So I might just roll with that. I actually had a well. I can't, yeah, somehow similar instance back in university. Um, I had actually flown, uh, flew abroad uh, to, you know, Belgium um, for a, a wedding, a relative's wedding. It was probably for like maybe four days. Had to come back, obviously, for school um, when I was in South Africa at the time. So I flew back. Um, I was dating someone at the time. Flew back, literally got home, took a shower, went to campus. Like, there was no no chilling. Went to campus. She had also gone uh, on a trip, but she comes back and says, hey, you know, we need to talk. I was like, all right, whatever. Uh, the talk turned out to be that she had hooked up with one of her exes when she was on her trip. So our, our, we both went on trips but had very different outcomes. Um, so... It was a case of like, okay, so, you know, I told you I wanted to be truthful. How are you going to handle it? That was like probably 10, 11 o'clock in the morning. I was like, all right, let me sit on it. By 3 p.m. that day, I kid you not, I was like, you know what? It's a wrap because if I continue on with this, I've, I've kind of just, I'm, I'm almost to blame, you know, as far as all the pain that's going to come from it. So, yeah, that was a, it was a stark lesson. I didn't take it too harshly for whatever reason i mean you know maybe luckily i was a little bit more mature compared to you know previous relationships that are stung a whole lot more but um yeah like you said you take the l you move on life continues you still got bigger and better goals in life so it is what it is oh what's the what story do i want to tell mm. you can mm. tell okay. you can tell two you don't have to tell just one <laughs> I'll, I'll tell this story. Uh, yeah. So I'm dealing with a, a super, super bad, super pretty Spanish girl. Uh, very good personality. F- family's well off, and uh, basically, like, um, I'm in a midst of like my people too. Like, so it's like it's me and her, and then it's like a bunch of African people. It's a nice little mix and bowl of people, right? This is this is uh, this is like freshman going into yeah freshman year in college. 
a dude, a dude that I know likes a chick that's in a circle that we're all in, right? So one of the things that we used to do is we never studied, <laughs> but we we're always in the library. We always met in the library. <laughs> so we would go to the library and then I would play ball and then we all go out to eat after. So this particular day to do is that I'm gonna he's gonna shoot a shot at a chick that he liked within the circle. So the chick wasn't feeling dude. The chick wasn't feeling dude, and the dude wrote the girl a poetry letter. And uh, mm. I was always, I've always been a clown and I had a, a bunch of clowns around me. So a bunch of my friends, we always crack jokes and stuff like that. And the dude was one of our friends too. So the girl mm. gave me the poetry letter and told me to read it in front of everybody when we were all eating. So it was about 20 of us at the table. I read the letter, main man gets pissed. Doesn't say a word, just mm. leaves. So mm-hmm. at that point I was like, uh, it's funny in a moment because everybody's cracking jokes, but he he never forgot. Fast forward three yeah. years later, <laughs> I'm dealing with a chick at a different school. This dude goes and does does background research on the chick, finds out who the chick is, where she's staying at, what her interests are, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Gets the chick's attention. I'm dealing with the chick. He he finds he he convinces the chick <laughs> to. Meet him in PG. We're not in PG yet. I'm not gonna say where the school is because that's gonna get the story away. He, he, mm. tell, <laughs> he says, "Meet me in PG," and he mm. convinces the chick to get me to try to take her to meet him in PG, which is three hours away. Wow. So mm. I hear I'm like, "Yo, you want me to do what?" And I always have I always have attractive female friends around me, so I'm asking them like, because I'm actually I'm actually not, I'm like whatever. If you need a ride, you need a ride. And when I when I asked one of them, so you think I should get so and so? I did like, nah. Why would you do that? And then one of the chicks that I asked actually told me that main man for three years ago was pretty much asking about the chick and what our situation was. So because I asked somebody else, they pretty much gave me the rundown of what he was trying to do. I was able to put two and two together, and, pay, and basically I didn't take her. So long story short everything came out and basically they had been messing with each other and he pretty much came out to somebody else that we knew like yo i still remember the story about when we was at the place mm. and he laughed at us <laughs> and he made me do it blah 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 and i was just like wow yeah. like you gotta really be careful about the things yeah. that you're funny because that those those are lasting impressions that you leave on people fast forward mm. years later we're cool now but in that moment yeah. i was just like wow this dude remembered this from three years ago i wanted to get even that's that, crazy. That hit so many notes, man. That's Ooh. that's heavy. That's Ooh. heavy. And it was that's heavy. All, all the all the talk that we do about you know uh, having a better brotherhood. I mean, luckily you guys are better off now. But yeah. imagine how that could have gone very different way yeah. if you know that grudge had just taken a different turn. That's that's heavy. Uh, what, that's what's heavy. what's 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 crazier than a three year grudge, especially when you don't even know that you're being targeted. <laughs> Jeez, man. That's how people get killed. You Fact. walk around yeah. thinking that everything's Fact. good. Yeah. Exactly that. Exactly that. that Passions of crime, they call them. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's so that different. was one of well, a bunch of crazy stories. But I, I expected those those icebreakers to be a lot more candid, but that, that's the reality of life. Sometimes things that go down are not pretty, and you know, you you'd be lucky to get out of them unscathed. But at least uh, we gave a little bit of insight. But um. Yeah, that was interesting. That was interesting. But um, moving on with some of these themes, I was looking at, you know, we, we talked about our youth, but obviously now we're you know older, we're a little bit wiser. Um, and I was actually talking to someone recently, and we kind of 
I guess came up with this sort of hypothesis, loose hypothesis that, you know, adulting is not something that we give enough credit for, you know, we give it its, its respect. Um, and we kind of came to this conclusion that a lot of it has to do not only with wisdom, but also finances, you know, that there's these different phases where you're, uh, you know, you're basically a young adult and you're just paying bills. Um, there's a stage where you might make a little bit more money, take on more financial responsibilities, take on some debt. And if uh, those of us are fortunate enough to get to a, a stage uh, where we can uh, um, be in a position to have to deal with wealth, that's kind of like the pinnacle of those three stages. But I say all that because uh, adulthood impacts how we go about relationships. So what do you, what have you guys learned after, you know, going through youth and gaining this wisdom now in your adulthood, what do, what do relationships look like to you as far as the landscape and how you, you go about approaching them? Man, for me, man, it's, it's, uh, it's real simple. Like, I haven't really changed much. I'm still a jokester. Mm-hmm. I still enjoy the moments and I still enjoy meeting people and uh, really understand that we all meet for a purpose, right? We might mm-hmm. not understand why we meet in that moment, but I do understand that there's always something bigger. Uh, case in point, when, when I met uh, AK, right? I met AK just by happenstance in a mental health facility, right? He, we were on two different planets and we crossed paths at that place. But today we're doing a podcast together. And if you told me years ago that, yo, today we'll be doing a podcast together and we'll still be in contact and either one of us will be working there and we'll both be in IT. He's excellent in technology. I'm not even close to being him, but we're both getting paid to do it. So it's just it's just understanding that that our paths cross for a reason that God under, God knows what he's doing and they're really tapping into why we cross paths. And then they, and then of yeah. course making the best of that scenario, right? Same thing yeah. for you, Joe. Like you came on in a podcast episode, and uh, mm-hmm. I just remember hearing you speak and, and remembering the girls going, "Oh my God, who is he? Who is he? <laughs> <Fuck> him!" <laughs> and I was like, "Yo, this guy got something, man!" And now mm-hmm. here we are. So yeah, it's it's just and a joy. Yeah. Question is, do you feel that same way about the ladies in terms of the relationship with the ladies? That yeah. those encounters happen for a reason. Yeah, yeah, but it it it's, it's, uh, it gets uh it gets tricky with that though, because sometimes mm. we force encounters, and it's not mm. for the right reasons either. So mm. we got to be very mm-hmm. careful about how we meet them, and it, and then what our intentions are when we meet them, right? Mm-hmm. Talk about it a little bit more. What do what do you mean by that? Because it's a it's a very valid point. I mean, I I've kept that's something that I've learned more and more over these past few years that the way in which you approach a woman and a relationship with her can dictate so much moving forward. Um, for example, um, I was talking to a friend, you know, not too long ago, um, you know, we had an event going on, um, socially distanced, of course, but it was a case where I look at this person and yes, there's a level of traction, attraction, uh, but at the same time, it's never tainted our relationship such that it caused unnecessary tension or conflict. Um, so there's a certain level of perspective. And I have to be honest, I, when I initiated that relationship, the way it came about, I had that mindset, like you said, like I knew how I wanted this to play out from the beginning. And it was a case where I knew that if I didn't choose to you know, conduct myself in a certain way, that it wasn't going to go that way. And not only that, I've learned that despite how a woman might present herself, and where she sets those boundaries, you yourself as a young man also have to have boundaries going into it. Um, and where those two boundaries sort of meet, or if you're, you know, firm enough in your 
um, intentions to want to keep things uh, in a respectful level, you have so much more to gain from that sometimes. Um, and probably you don't give enough credit to that. You know, I look at the relationship that I have with her. Yes, it's a friendship, but the level of growth that we've had just in the, in the last six months, because we're constantly trying to help one another grow and evolve, have meaningful conversations, I highly doubt that would have happened if things had just been based on attraction. But that was a decision I had to make long before we even started. Uh, but what do, you, what do you have to say about that? Do you agree with that kind of a concept? I mean, in terms of um, what I just said, right? He mentioned intentions. Mm-hmm. Like, you mm-hmm. have to know where you stand. My nigga, like, in, mm-hmm. in that given moment, you don't want to be in a relationship. It's simple. Yeah. Just state that. If you want to be in it, then work towards being in one. You know what I mean? Like, you get to some point in time when you just have to let sleeping dogs lie. Like, the attitude of, oh, yeah, I can jump as you know high as I can. No, dog. Like, you get to a point where you just want to be, you know, stable. You want to settle. And you have to work towards that. But if you want to just keep jumping, mm-hmm. then jump as hard as you can. But be intentional with it. You know, um, mm-hmm. we fuss and fight about so many different things, man, that when you really sit down and think about the things that... You know, we're fussing and fighting about it makes no sense, right? It makes no sense and just mm-hmm. sitting and tell somebody, yo, this is me. You can either accept me the way I am or you could leave it. Like mm-hmm. people say there are many fishes in the water. Why are you pressing on one thing when there are so many others that you can go find what you're looking for? And that's something that's so so interesting in the sense that, you know, all too often people cho- choose to break that boundary. Like initially, they'll they'll take something for what it is at face value, right? Like, uh, you know, guy meets girl, they, you know, have a certain level of uh, common interest. They stay friends. But at some point, all too often, especially on the guy's side, and the woman will attest to it by saying, you know, oh, you you know, we were friends. And then he made things awkward because he decided we should be more than that. And I think that also speaks to a certain level of, I guess, consistency. That's also sometimes lacking. Um, Like you mentioned, to to know where you stand in the beginning, you know, whether or not you want to date someone. And it's okay to stay consistent in that stance, even if it's to not date them. Um, because that energy that's not wasted on trying to pursue, you know, like Aziz mentioned, pursue something that's not really there and it's not for you, that same energy can be spent growing a meaningful relationship, even though it looks like a friendship or uh, something more professional. Uh, but Aziz, what do you got to say about but that? But the question is, why are people so... Mm. Why are people so... Uh, 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 emotional about things man like somebody trying to tell me they never picked a career and then in between they realize that yo i'm in the wrong field i need to switch like come mm. on right like he who says yo one person was destined for them like somebody say yo this person is destined for you man come mm. show me come show me with a you know with a slip with a certificate saying that yo they designed this person for you everything is a trial and mm. error right you get into one you mm. break up against another one you break up against another one you're looking for something you are looking mm-hmm. for something. What are you looking for? It's a question you got to ask yourself. If you and somebody meet, I mean, if boy, girl are friends and stuff like that, and eventually the girl is doing something that the guy likes or likes to see in a woman, and he eventually approaches her and stuff like that, why is she mad? He's only doing what his feelings is telling him to do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now, if in case someday she finds out that, yo, <laughs> he had those feelings, I didn't say that, I was like, yo, you were some chicken shit, man. Why didn't you express yourself? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So in every like at every turn, there's always something. Like we said, man, just be you, dog. Like the heck, mm-hmm. it ain't gonna cost you nothing, man. Just be you. 
So this is this is what I've learned about women in my journeys so far in life, right? Every woman I meet has three significant things that they're looking for in guys that I've noticed, right? Uh, first is the need to be romanced, right? And that's whether you're a friend, associate, boyfriend, etc., right? In some capacity, you're you're romancing them, whether intellectually, uh, you're easy on the eyes, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Second is the need to feel beautiful, right? And then the third one is the, is the need to be significant, right? And one thing I learned about all the relationships, whether it be friends, uh, somebody I'm dating, et cetera, is that I kind of check either two or three of those boxes or all three of those boxes in that, in that order. And the reason I think that is, is because I enjoy the idea of learning such a complex person. And I think women are complex by nature, and I think there's nothing wrong with that. It's not something to unravel. It's something that you should take time and to, and spend effort in, in getting to know, right? And I think that all of that plays a part when you're meeting a person, having that understanding of what they want and what they need first, but also having an understanding of who you are and what you bring to the table is very, very important. Yeah, I definitely agree with that because especially for a lot of guys, I mean, it's different. It's so different for men and women. Um, you know, there's a, I know we talk a lot in this day and age about shooting your shot. And in reality, women have the advantage in that regard without going into too much uh, you know, details. I mean, uh, a woman can far easily pull a guy that she's interested in than the other way around. But I say that because it just speaks to how, as men, we really do need to keep um, keep context of, of where it is that we're at. And ultimately, you know, fit is what matters at the end of the day um, between people. And it's okay to know that Right now, for whatever reason, based on circumstances or or if it's more of a emotional or um, you know mental um, sort of state that you're not necessarily a fit for someone um, and that to me um, is just more motivation to to want to grow in my own individual capacity um, because in a lot of ways you have to feel that you are fit within yourself uh, so to speak um, to feel that you have um, the level of confidence or the level of uh, reach the level of attainment that you want to. Uh, like you said, Aziz, you know, in, in, in mentioning those uh, three components that you've noticed, a lot of the times it's difficult for a guy to bring those things to the table um, or to be able to focus on them if okay. there are still aspects in his life that he feels that uh, he's kind of lacking it. Um, well and well yeah, so it's, it's definitely a, a journey. And I think just more and more, we're learning that we need to exercise it with patience. Mm. Um, as much as we always demand of women to be patient with us a lot of the times, um, and, you know, there are occasions where it's, it's uh, rightfully so because a man is, you know, working on towards certain things and he's doing so with her in mind. But we just need to be a little bit more patient with ourselves. Um, I guess it's that's the, the ultimate form of self-care that we don't exercise enough where it's like, yo, it's okay if you're not where you want to be now, but just stay consistent in trying to get there. Let me ask you this with that. How do you, mm-hmm. and this is just for the brothers who, you know, have this, um, who, 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 who um, challenge themselves. I mean, who have this challenge of uh, a, a, um, comparison, right? Like how, mm-hmm. how, how do some of our brothers just stop comparing themselves with, you know, our other brothers who are married and they're not, or who find love and they're not, who think that, yo, it's like, a crime that you know at 34 or 35 you know i mean they're not married is a crime how do you find confidence in that i think 
for me, what I've realized is that it goes back to you have to um, question yourself and your ultimate goals and intentions for yourself in life. Um, that might be part of it, you know, to want to be married. Some might, some might not want to, but it's not about whether you're in step with the people around you, but whether you are um, getting closer to what it is you set out to achieve for yourself in your own life. Um, for me, for example, I know that I have peers like that. I've seen many of them, um, even right. those that are slightly younger than myself, that are, right. you know, getting married, that are having kids. I don't necessarily see it anymore as some sort of uh, threat or it doesn't, you know, feel like it's something that um, puts me down or I get a sense of belittlement from it. Just because I know the things that I want to achieve require so much focus that if I was in a relationship, I wouldn't be do- achieving that. So for me, that central focus is, it's, uh, <laughs> that's my proverbial relationship, the proverbial baby, you name it. That's what needs to be cultivated for right now. Mm-hmm. So I find a sense of calm in that, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So you think yeah. that having like a like a partner will kind of hold hold you back? <sighs> yeah, that's. I mean, that's a difficult one. One of the things I've realized is like, and this is just again me kind of theorizing about certain things. Like when you're young, the commonality is oftentimes that you're both naive, so you don't know what relationships could be like, good or bad, whatever. You just assume the best. Then it gets to a point where you're a little bit older, a little bit wiser, and you're kind of in stride trying to look for, uh, to achieve certain things. And it's a crucial time because, you know, and I've been talking to you know people about this more and more. It's like you get to this pivotal moment where it's like, are you going to spend the next 10 to 20 years pursuing certain goals that require you to be in isolation? Or are you going to settle for something slight, a slightly lesser version of what you could have achieved because you're balancing that with pursuing a relationship that brings you more intangible things than tangible things, right? And for me, it's like, you just have to be willing to make that decision. Everyone's going to reach that fork in the road. Um, ideally, you know, people might want to have uh, partners, but like uh, Aziz mentioned, it depends on the partner but they have to really be willing to be all in mutually, right? Both working for one another so that neither of them is an impediment to either's goals, especially the relationship goal. <laughs> this is interesting. Very interesting topic. Very heavy in a lot of ways too. I'll say um, yeah. for, for guys, self-deceit is destructive and um, success takes sacrifice. And that doesn't necessarily mean you have to put everything else on pause, right? It's just an understanding mm-hmm. that most winners have that I'm doing this because I want this result. And it doesn't necessarily yeah. mean that you can't do the things that everybody else is doing in relation to relationships, et cetera. It just means that whoever you do choose, just like you were asking, AJ, has to be on that same wavelength with you or maybe even a, a bit higher than you, right? And it's so funny to me, right? Because everybody thinks that um, women are so naive, especially in their youth, right? And what I've learned about them is that they're always a step ahead of everything that's going on. So mm-hmm. not only not only do they do they make the bed that you lay in, <laughs> they actually kind of construct construct the the plan of action to make sure that you lay down at a specific time in the bed that they lay they make for you. So mm-hmm. if you don't have an understanding of you and you don't have an understanding of what you're really dealing with, then it's, to me it's actually very dangerous to be dating. Mm-hmm. Not even not even talking about the spiritual implications of dating, right? Because the only thing that's really holding me back from going ballistic. <laughs> 
is because I don't ever want to get out of God's will, right? I know that God has a bigger purpose for me, right? And I need him in my corner every step of the way. So I don't want to do anything that's going to offend him, that's, just, that's going to stop the blessing that he has for me, whether it be women, whether it be other types of sin, et cetera, et cetera. I'm so cognizant and conscious of that, that I'm willing and ready to make that sacrifice. And the key word there is sacrifice again, right? Success takes sacrifice, and I'm going to sacrifice whatever I need to sacrifice. Women are going to be there, man, especially if you're successful, especially if you're a kingdom man. It doesn't matter what anybody else is doing. I, I have been to so many COVID weddings <laughs> these past few months. It is crazy. Mad COVID weddings. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's definitely true. I mean, I remember, uh, this. I'll just uh, take this last point, and you can go ahead, AK. But, um, you know, my dad kind of always told me, like, especially when I was in university, he said, like, um, you know, don't don't go chasing them because they're probably not waiting around to chase you. Mm. And what he meant by that is, you know, he used the example of that guy who's, you know, academically, well, uh, what he could call it, um, chronologically, they're in their, uh, you know, fourth year, but academically, they're only in their second year. Right. So they've hung around so long, but their their main goal no longer becomes to graduate, no longer becomes to achieve the success that uh, lies ahead for them. But their goal is now to you know get the cutest girl that pops in every every year as a freshman. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just speaks to how dangerous it is, like you said, is these to to get wrapped up in something that can be so stimulating. But it's it's kind of deceptive because. It's this false sense of achievement, right? I got the girl, so now I'm the it guy. Whereas you could have achieved your own goals in life and, you know, attained a certain level of respect and et cetera. And definitely don't be afraid to like what you like as a man, too, because a lot of dudes do that as well. Everybody is kind of boxed what they think that she should look like or what she should have and et cetera, et cetera. But what that looks like might not be what God has for you. And if you have an understanding of you and what you want and what makes you happy, then it doesn't matter what anybody thinks. Go for that. To me, I see a bunch of zombies, man. I see a bunch of people doing the same thing. I see cookie cutter people, and then and then they and then they complain about the same results that they really really want internally. Be you, man. Step outside the box and uh, be, and enjoy the journey, man. I see a lot of zombies. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yo, you're funny, man. Nah, but that's but that's that's true because it definitely it speaks to you know this idea of um a fit like we said it's it's not about you know again there's levels to these things there was a stage in life where as a guy all you want is sort of um like ak mentioned you want the um validation from a girl then there's a stage where you want the validation that comes from your boys when they see you with the hot girl but then Ideally, you get to a point in life where ultimate, I guess, sort of validation or, or, I mean, it's probably even more than that. It's a blessing, ultimately, uh, when you meet someone that actually fits mm-hmm. right, in, in totality. They mm-hmm. compliment you, like truly. They are, uh, you know, I, I don't even like to use the term better half. My mom always says that she's no one's half. She's a whole, you know, <laughs> so she is. Shout out to mom. Is, uh, no doubt. So, and again, it's it's one of those things. I'm fortunate that you know she she brought something like that to me, um, as far as perspective, because it's very true. You want someone that is whole within themselves, but can still compliment you, because it's it's a very fine line. Someone who is whole can ultimately be your competition if they really wanted to, 
right? Because they have what it takes to be at that level. But when they compliment you, it speaks to that level of humility and just that that partnership that can happen. Everything in life is patience, man. You know, just be patient with yourself, man. Mm-hmm. Don't beat yourself, bro. Like, mm-hmm. be patient with yourself, man. What are you in a rush for? Just, just, think about, just think about how much you know about yourself today that you didn't know five years ago, right? Right. Now think about if you jumped into a marriage with somebody that doesn't know themselves and you not knowing yourself. And think about what kind of train wreck that really is. Like, these are the things I kind of sit back and think about when I see certain people get married at times. Like, I'm happy for everybody that gets married. And, and if that's your plan of action, I hope it works out well for you. But when I sit, when I sit back and I just kind of process and I'm like, yo, you don't even really understand you. Some instances, you weren't even her first pick. You were the third pick. The first guy didn't want her. Now you jumped right in as a substitute. That's kind of dangerous, bro. You provoke some people, bro. You provoke some people, fam. Man, gotta be honest, man. There's a lot of foolery that's going on in 2020, man. I'll never forget this year. Yeah, but that's that's a very valid point. You know, people rushing in again, like we're saying, patience over um, trying to just appease the people around you. That happens a lot with parents too, right? It's like you know, we first see it. Uh, in, in schooling days when it's like, yo, you know, when are you going to graduate and when are you going to do this? And then comes that stage when, you know, it's when are you going to get married? And that, I, I believe it's uh, Warren Buffett who said it. He said the two most important moments in your life are, well, let me, let me not say it was him. In any case, the saying went like this. There are pivotal moments uh, in your life. It's when you're born, when you realize uh, why you were born mm. and the partner that you choose to be with. Mm. Right. Because that speaks to a legacy aspect, really. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you can only do so much as an individual as far as leaving behind a legacy that is either the, the stature of your character or some sort of business or societal impact. But literally the, the ultimate legacy you can really leave is through your children, through your offspring. And that requires you to have a partner um, within that context. And they have a very strong influence on what those um, children ultimately uh, become and it speaks to your name you know I was thinking about it the other day how um, especially when people get married it's like you know this case of do you want to have a double barreled surname and I realized it's so deep because let's say for example you have a few generations and that all each partner decided to have a double barreled surname and what it does is ultimately it shows a degree of divisiveness right but when you take on someone's last name it's like it's like when you look at a tree, each family name that, that uh, develops as a unified name is like a branch. And each branch shoots into another family name and another family name. But ultimately, you have to be kind of rooted in this proverbial uh, trunk of, uh, you know, some sort of uh, unified family lineage. Um, so just things like that where, you know, understanding that the partner that you choose is, Man, it, it's the ultimate investment because you can't put a price tag on that. Mm. You know, when people talk about starting businesses and it's like, do you have the right partner? Do you have the right team that allows you to execute? Imagine what it means choosing the right partner to help you execute on your goals in life, mm. right? And your destiny. That's a whole mm. different playing field. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A whole different playing field. Yeah. And just to just to bring all of that home, those are excellent points as well. I remember I was talking to God and I was just like, I was asking about like marriage and how he he intended it for it to look and et cetera, et cetera. Because you hear people talk about marriage 
And most dudes that have been married for a little bit, they always they start off with, oh, man, it's a great thing. But then they start giving you the BS. Oh, you got to pick your battles. Uh, you know, she's always about <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. Pick your battles. Yeah. Uh, one thing God told me is that I don't have to worry about any of that. Like, I'm not going to go into a marriage having to pick my battles. There will be no battles. We're going to be on the same page. It's actually going to fit. And I think the reason those things happen is because people are really unequally yoked. And forget about the spiritual side of being unequally yoked. What about the part where do you actually like each other? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. do your personalities mesh? Do you have anything yeah. in common? It's the only thing you have in common uh, the, the country you're from? That's not going to work. Mm-hmm. Let's get real. The most important thing is let God pick for you, right? And that's the patience piece really coming into real-time play and action. Let him pick. If you pick, there's always going to be issues. Trust me. If he picks, you'll never be disappointed. And he what, told me that too. What about what about you know fellas who or ladies who given who give into pressure, you know pressure from either you know their peers or you know family and all whatnot. If you're given a pressure, you better be ready for the consequences of giving into that pressure. I don't believe in exactly. pressure. If you try to pressure me, you'll be pressuring yourself. You'll get you'll get <laughs> you'll get fed up trying to pressure me because I'll just look at you, literally. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that that makes perfect sense. Like the the choosing based on that basis, the the reality will be revealed eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, that you know this was not a good fit. That you can't mm-hmm. handle it. I think we talked about it in one of the last episodes where it's like if you want something too soon, it the the gravity of the circumstances will prove that you are not ultimately ready. Mm. Right? It's it's like a it's like a young kid who gets into a car and they they want to drive the big fast car. They don't even know how to handle the steering. They don't know, uh, you know, what level of, what degree of acceleration this car is capable of. Sure, they can get in and look, uh, keep up appearances as if they can handle it. But when push comes to shove, it's going to reveal who really can handle it and who can't. So to people who who take that that kind of position, I mean, I don't want to say setting yourself up for failure, but it is setting you up for a harsh reality where you might not like the truth because it is, it is, uh, it'll show you who you really are. Ultimately. Mm. So you have to be very mindful of that. And, you know, to that point, some of these things can't be avoided, but uh, I always say that no matter what circumstances you go through, the, the main thing is, did you learn from it? Cause if you don't learn from circumstances that you go through good or bad, you're not going to grow and you're not going to be better prepared for what can come next because in all likelihood, it'll probably be more challenging. You let somebody pressure you into the biggest decision of your life as a man and you're not ready for that. You will spend your entire life resenting that person. Not only that, it's gonna, it's gonna put you in such a bad position because again, speaking to what you could have been versus what you've become, when you put yourself in that position, especially if you are someone who's, I guess, looked up to or expected to hold a certain level of leadership. If you're in a position that's not you know, suited for you, everybody around you is going to be affected. That relationship, the family, the, the, the um, surrounding family, uh, the friendships uh, between members, like it's, it can all cave down uh, or all, all collapse. So um, you have to really go into it mindful um, and getting as many of your ducks in order, so to speak, so that when your moment arises, you can absolutely shine. And it's another one of those decisions that's not necessarily about age, it's about stage, right? 
Yep. Because the importance yeah. of your twenties is that you do the things that you're supposed to do to be to be prepared for the next steps in your thirties, right? But if you didn't do those things in your twenties, then you have to do those things in your thirties. And if you're making these kind of life decisions in the process, in process of what you should have been doing in your twenties, then of course mm-hmm. there's a natural car crash that's going to happen. <laughs> natural. Yeah, it's like trying to answer a text message and drive at the same time. Can't do both, ideally. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's that's one of the things they say. It's like I I remember reading an article where they said, if you just like to what you said, if you haven't achieved the things at a certain stage, let's say that the average person could, in all likelihood, you're running out of time moving forward. So you actually have to take bigger risks. So like you talked about sacrifice, that sacrifice is going to have to be that much heavier. Right. Uh, the time that you put in is going to have to be that much more the level of discipline is going to have to be that much more. So you, you really got to try your best to make the right decisions as soon as possible and be fully aware of what, what kind of consequences um, can come from the decisions that you're making, even if they're on the fly, you know, without going into too much. You know, a lot of the times we look at, uh, you know, for example, single single mothers and you know, for the longest time, we, you know, I don't want to go too too off on this topic, but just to say that you look at it from the point of the man that was involved, he had to make a decision. And you always want to make sure that you're going into this, the, the moments where you have to make a decision with a clear mind so that you can and put yourself in the position to make a wise decision and not just an impulsive one. Yeah, there's a lot of dudes. It's a lot of dudes in these streets that's not in jail, but but doing a lot of time in their minds. Don't be one yeah. of those dudes. <laughs> don't yeah. be one of those dudes no. in mental bondage whoever gave you that bone mm-hmm. arrow man and just snatched that joke from you bro cause you just keep <laughs> shooting this niggas man so <laughs> <laughs> nah this is these are just my observations as I go through life I'm like yo I'm looking at people and I'm just like yo this dude is doing time and he's not even in jail it can be something as simple as you know being attached to your fears you know from mm-hmm. from moments of past it can be anything like you said anything that puts you in a state where you are not free ultimately right to live as you're capable of living it is a form of mental bondage and there's there's so many forms you know i've been talking recently about how um, there's like a high potential for suicide rate in men because of that level of isolation right where you feel like you can't necessarily uh, express your 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 innermost deep thoughts to the people around you because it's not pretty, not not in a in a in a scary sense, but because we oftentimes as men feel like there's no one that's going to listen to us, um, or that we don't have a safety net uh, per se. And when we create that sort of isolation, it becomes very dark, um, and that is not a place to be in, um, not at all. But I mean, the 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 the, the question is how most men even willing to talk about, you know, their emotions and feelings, right? Um, even if the opportunity was presented up to actually do talk about them, are they willing and able to talk about them? That vulnerability aspect of it, are they willing and able to tap into that? Do they want to? That's a great question, That's too. That's a good question, yeah. yeah. I think our generation is being a lot more um, accessible in relation to uh, our feelings. We're okay with uh, being a lot more open and honest about how we feel, at least the majority of us. I think with that, it's going to come a time where even the people that are older than us sees that and begins to begin to understand that it actually works and maybe they should take a hand or two. 
like not, maybe maybe not maybe not our fathers, but maybe us as fathers, and then the generation after us. Mm-hmm. And then even in some instances, we might have an impact on our fathers too. Your father might see what you're doing and say, you know what? I never thought about it that way. He might see he might see something that you're doing, and he might say, well, I was never that person, but I admire the fact that you're this person, and I like that quality in you. What about um, those family people who stand between you and your parents, meaning they're that bridge, right, between your age group and your parents' age group? Do, would you hold them yeah. in the same regard? Or would you expect them to actually reason yeah. things out the way you reason them out right now? Man, I always say that I trust people to be who I know them to be. So you are who your actions say you are. I don't have an expectation. If you said you was going to do this and you did it, then you're that guy. If you said you were going to do it and you didn't do it, then you're that guy. There's no expectations in my head. There's no, oh, he's from here. He's very responsible. Oh, he's not from here. He's a criminal. I don't do none of that stuff. I don't buy the bias, the prejudice, et cetera. You are who your actions say you are. Yeah, and, nobody's a bridge, and nobody's a bridge to anybody to me. I don't care who you think you are and what age group you are. At the end of the day, if those are my parents, those are my parents. And if you're a family member, you're a family member. And I'm going to talk to everybody the same way because that's just who I am. That's what I do. Big money talk, Aziz. Ah, <laughs> brother. When I grow up there. Yo, so we're about to, yeah, we're about to wrap this up. So we, we obviously got into some heavy, heavy topics. Um, mm-hmm. I got to gain a lot of perspective from it. But let's, let's close on a lighter note. So I'm going to ask you guys this real quick. First of all, have you ever heard or watched the movie Good Luck Chuck? Sounds familiar. Isn't that like a romantic comedy? Yeah. So the premise of the movie is uh, Good Luck Chuck is the guy. Every time he dates a girl, they end up basically getting married after, you know, to the next guy they meet. So he's he's sort of like this good luck charm. Have you guys ever had a moment, especially with a girl that you actually liked, where you, you felt like good luck Chuck? You liked her, you dated, it didn't work, but the next dude got all all the benefits. I feel like I'm the dude that gets all the benefits. I'm not good luck Chuck. Because everyone <laughs> I meet wants to marry. And I'm just like, uh, mm-hmm. let's, 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 let's slow down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's take the time to get to know each other. Mm-hmm. Man, all, I know uh, I, hmm? all I know is I told myself that I'm going to be married at a certain age. Till that time, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just who I am. <laughs> so you're still on track. No, 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 definitely. Um, definitely, you know, but mm-hmm. not to be honest, though, um, working on, just working on self, right? Like, everything you guys have mentioned, mm-hmm. you know, um, everything we've mentioned within this to this episode, man, you know, it, in summary, it's just working on self, you know, trying to be better to um, tomorrow than you are today, right? Um, be it emotionally, spiritually, you know, all that chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just, and just trying to be a better friend, man. Yeah. Sometimes you might show, you might fall short don't beat yourself. Just mm-hmm. wake up tomorrow mm-hmm. and, you know, pick up again and try and do it better. You know what I mean? You know, mm-hmm. No kind of dry way to go about all this stuff, man. But you're going to have to figure out a way to do it and actually make it work for you because nobody will. So um, being intentional, it's my number mm-hmm. one right now, just being intentional, you know. Um, and also mm-hmm. just trying to be, trying to help other people succeed too as well. Not everything has to do with sex or mm-hmm. everything has to do with linking up and stuff like that you know what i mean like we could actually collide mm-hmm. with some real shit and if if in case you know emotions come in between shit we all humans it's not like mm-hmm. you know um 
somebody saying somewhere controlling my feelings and stuff like that. Like I'm some action figure. No, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm allowed to be human and everybody else is allowed to be human. And if mm-hmm. you say, yo, I'm feeling this and I go, no, it's perfectly okay. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's perfectly okay. So yeah, let's normalize, let's normalize mm-hmm. saying no mm-hmm. without express, you know, explaining yourself really. And let's normalize yeah. saying no and the other person not being heard from it. That's true. That's true. And normalizing the idea of when there is a no, whichever person that comes from, that things don't have to get messy. You know, it can just be a reality check that, oh, maybe this is um, better because at least we know the truth of where we stand. And now we can move in a better direction. But, um, yeah, I'll close because uh, y'all, y'all obviously have a, uh, uh, very different paths, uh, particularly Aziz. So um, I'm going to be the good luck check of this scenario. Uh, <laughs> so without without going into too much detail, there was a family friend uh, that I liked for the longest time. Um, our parents knew each other, grandparents knew each other, all of that. So long story short, believe it or not, believe it or not, um, it was a case where we liked each other probably around high school age, um, high school, university age. Uh, fast forward, you know, a couple years after that, uh, obviously we're both a lot older to where it was, it made a little bit more sense. And she sort of, you know, popped up, rekindled things. Hey, where have you been? Haven't seen you in the longest time. But um, all it took was a good probably year, year, maybe year and a half after that, um, especially because, you know, she moved abroad, did an internship, came back, all of that jazz. But I kid you not, not this. This is the ultimate good luck chuck moment. Like you can't get any any more definite than this. So I get it. First of all, my mama, luckily, she put me on on game. She's like, hey, you know, so and so, technically, you know, they're getting engaged. I don't know if you heard this and this happened. So she decides the girl to send me a message, right, to let me know herself, to get herself off the hook. But it was the way she did it, though sent me a text message on WhatsApp. And I kid you not, in the profile picture, it's her sitting next to her husband at the wedding table on the wedding day. And I was just like, damn, really? But, um, you know, the thing that annoyed me about that, and this is not to say that, oh, okay, now he's going to come with the, the resentment. It was just the fact that, again, speaking to what we've been talking about, the reality of uh, being okay with whatever situation it is that you're in and being truthful about it. There was a point in time before that um, where she had said that we were good friends. And I was actually more more frustrated, not with the fact that she had gotten engaged and married, but the fact that that so-called friendship, she didn't allow me to be a friend that could celebrate with her. Wow. Um, she did not take the time to say, hey, you know what, actually, as a friend, I'm going to let you know the truth. And this is what happened. And, um, you know, I'm getting engaged so that I can be happy with her. Because mm-hmm. I mean, you know, ultimately, I, I was at a stage, particularly in my own growth, where I wasn't going to be holding grudges. Um, and I, I still don't really hold a grudge. I would just, you know, that's just one unfortunate, um, um, I guess, instance where I wish things could have been handled differently. Um, and like I said, underneath it all, there was a friendship, regardless of however things would go. But I was just a little bit annoyed that, again, she didn't truly tell me as a friend so that I could say, hey, you know, mutually as a friend, I'm happy for you. I want to see the best for you. So 
So I don't hold any grudge in that regard, but um, yeah, it was done in, in probably poor taste, I would say. But um, that's not to put her down. Like I said, um, I'm still ultimately happy for her. That's what she wanted. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that just speaks to the dynamics of these kind of relationships that we have. They need to have a solid foundation. Um, and sometimes having a genuine bond, a connection, a friendship is the best thing that you can have, especially if you're able to maintain it moving forward. Mm. Ojo, if you want to put her down, yeah. I will. I don't know your name. Amen. You fucked up. Hey, <laughs> man, it's all good, man. You, you grow, you evolve, you learn as a man. You take it on the chin, man. Both, isn't, isn't that the best fighter? The one that can take a hit and still get listen, up listen. and still have the nerve to knock somebody out? Listen, man. That's what's up. You got to see it this way. Yeah. The God that you pray to, he just mm. shifted a, an arrow that was coming your way. He shifted mm. it and he just passed you. You know what I mean? That's why you are still here breathing and life, smiling as you mm-hmm. are right now. You know what I mean? Like you never know. That could have been yeah. that could have been something, you know, that was gonna be the death of you. But now you're here. So Oh, that's real. That's yeah. real, bro. You know, and God uh, definitely mm-hmm. does that a lot too. Yeah. He definitely turns mm-hmm. situations that look like happily ever happily ever after yep. into mm-hmm. into lessons and then reminds you later in life why it wasn't yours to begin with. So mm-hmm. just stay tuned, man. You'll get the yeah. full picture soon enough. But baby girl, you know you are. You're still fucked up. He didn't say that. <laughs> In the wedding dress. God damn. I was In like, wow. Wow. <laughs> that's but it's why, all good. That's why when most of the time when, you know, Charlotte be talking about, oh, men are, you know, this and that, I just laugh. I said, man, if we that, you're twice us. Yeah. At I the just, end yeah. of the day, if we're both human, anything is possible. We're, we're both capable of doing wrong and not just right. So. Yeah. But that's my two cents, y'all. It Smoke is what it is, they say. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. Man. Stay tuned for more Palm Wine Chronicles. We're getting real. So you'll learn a lot more. <laughs> Damn, I'm getting, I'm getting. I need to start getting comfortable getting real. You know what I mean? I didn't know Joe was going to be hitting me with some real stuff like this. You know what I mean? So getting me go Joe, tapping man. into my emotions and shit. Like, you know, every on. joke is a smooth talker and a singer. <laughs> 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 but now, nah, man, hey, listen, I appreciate you guys, you know, rocking with us on a weekly basis, man. Right um, you know, it's not easy sitting there listening to us for a whole hour and plus, man. So, definitely, you the real MVP. Um, share this episode, you know what I mean, with those who are not rocking with the Power Central folks. You know I mean, bring them, bring them out with you, you know, share, share your experiences as well. You know, leave a review, let us know how you feel about it. Give us, you know, a review about how. You two are tackling this love thing, you know, this relationship thing, being single thing. You know. We'd love to hear from you guys too as well. Um, on the gram, Twitter, you know, Palm Wine Central. I appreciate everybody that's rocking with us, man. Uh, shout out to uh, Guest of the Week team, man. Thank you for reaching out, bro. I appreciate you watching. Thank you for your feedback. And uh, follow us on all social media platforms. Uh, we do this for you, and we appreciate all of you. See you next week. Yes, sir. Oh, this episode was sponsored by Stuck With A Podcast, man. Go follow them. Go like them. All that good jazz. Hey, I'm Uncle AK. I'm with my brother, you know, Big Money. Aziz. It's a festival we just arrived here. We go do and be better than last year. This is Reflex rocking what I do. Show we respect, we no go ask you. We the best again, we the short key. We the Saka Saka, we the Tana Tana Tana. Hey, you Abdul, you know it's a sunshine. Now state in West Africa, in this continent year round. We don't ever worry about none, homie. Turn up. Turn up. Turn up. Turn up.